0: This is Kraftwerk.
1: This is my hometown, and I just believe this hometown wouldn't have been the same if this team had left here. A look back at 25 years of Patriots ownership.
0: And the Patriots are Super Bowl champions! And the
1: Patriots are world champions again! A And a title for the Patriots! It! I can't believe it! We are all Patriots, and tonight, the Patriots are world champions.
0: Once again, here's Mark Bertrand. Robert Kraft had dreamed of buying the Patriots in the 1970s, but it wasn't until the mid-80s that he was able to lay the groundwork to make his dream a reality. Pat's founder, Billy Sullivan, had made a number of bad investments in the decade, and by 1985, he was seeking a buyer for both the franchise and its Foxborough home. Among the interested parties was Kraft, but something soon got in the way.
2: The team on the field was winning. When the team started playing well in 85... The
0: Patriots are indeed the champions of the American Football Conference of the National
1: Football League.
2: Which is probably what caused Billy Sullivan to back away from what Robert was willing to do then. When that happened, I think Robert really figured out, you know, no one knows, but the key to this, the economics of this deal are owning the parking lots.
1: That's the time when we realized um, how complicated it would be, and, you know, some families... Like, if you look at the Steelers and the Giants and the Beers, I mean, the team's been in the family almost a hundred years. Sometimes you never get a chance.
2: He realized there was even something more critical, which is
1: the parking lots, which were owned by a group of local business people. There were about 12 guys, and they were really into the racing community. They loved racing, and the track was here in the stables. And... A lot of the jockeys lived in the, the trailer park that was there as well.
0: In its heyday, the Foxborough Raceway drew crowds that could rival the turnout at a Celtics playoff game and generated single-day revenues in the area of three-quarters of a million dollars. Robert Kraft wasn't interested in the horses, but he did want to harness the parking lots sitting on 300 acres of land surrounding Sullivan Stadium. All of it was owned and controlled by the raceway. And as Jonathan Kraft recalls, nothing could happen in the stadium
2: without the lot owner's permission. When you're sitting in the middle of a city, parking isn't an issue. But when you're sitting in Foxborough, Massachusetts, if you don't have the ability to park in those days, call it 15,000, 17,000 cars, you're not going to be able to do this and we had to get the parking lot owner to agree to open and then get permission from the town and without that the stadium and the team are worthless because no one at least in this location because no one's coming the sullivan's finances continued to
0: deteriorate following a corporate takeover led by billy sullivan's son chuck the team suffered a number of losses in the courtroom after being sued by early stockholders It was Chuck who would ultimately sink the Sullivans when he decided to invest in the victory tour, featuring Michael Jackson and his brothers. At Michael Jackson's behest, Don King was demoted and a new promoter sought. And with weeks to go, the owner of the New England Patriots guaranteed almost $40 million and took on the logistical equivalent of trying to
2: do 12 to 14 Super Bowls in five weeks.
0: The tour was a bust, and by the end of it, presenter Don King was blasting Sullivan for not being able to make payments.
1: Mr. Sullivan failed to produce
2: the $24 million guaranteed letter of credit. The Jacksons continued to go along with it regardless. He undertook a monumental promotion. It was, he's a big boy, he's educated, he understands what it's all about, and when you lose, you must take. You must lick your wounds and do like anyone else, go to the next one.
0: Payments were an ongoing problem, and in early 1987, after failing to make their lease payments, the Sullivans lost control of the parking lots. Kraft would acquire a lease and an option to buy the property. The Brookline native had made a play, but he only had one piece of the ownership puzzle— Next was getting
2: the stadium, which was in bankruptcy thanks to the Jacksons. Most people go into this and they think, I'm buying a football team. And because when the Sullivans got into financial duress and because the NFL had a debt ceiling on the teams, they redid the lease between the team and the stadium to effectively
1: suck all the revenues of the team out through the stadium. After the Michael Jackson tour, you know, when the stadium went bankrupt and Kyam owned the team. We outbid him for the stadium. We then control all the revenues of the stadium except for tickets. One of
2: the other things, though, when you say all the revenues, and my dad, he forgets one other thing. He and some partners had bought Channel 7 and the old WHDH radio back in the early 80s. 850 WHDH, where the fun never stops.
1: W-H-D-H.
2: What Billy Sullivan had done before they owned the radio station was when cash got short, he had sold the radio rights for 10 years for an upfront amount of money. Oh, so yeah. Kayyem actually was giving his radio rights to us for free, too, in those days. So Kayyem bought a team but literally got no revenue yeah, from it. Every
1: everywhere he turned, we were popping up.
0: By November of 1988... Kraft had the lots and the stadium and much of the revenue in Foxborough. He was now closer than ever to buying the team, but it was far from a sure thing with a healthy amount of risk involved. Was there ever a point where you were at all nervous or worried that you wouldn't end up with the team? That yeah, you just have all yes. the other surroundings? Well,
1: our, our risk, the operating covenant went until 2001. So when Orthwine wanted to sell, our risk was someone paid such a huge price, and just remained there and paid us, and then they would have been free to do what they wanted in 2001. The other risk we had, given what happened with the Colts... looked like a
2: scene from an old mystery picture. A fleet of large moving vans in the rain at the Colts complex in Owings Mills, and inside, Coach Frank Cush directing the project of heading them up
1: and moving them out. How they moved in the middle of the night from Baltimore... You know, to Indy, we had a system, a legal system, where if that went on, how we were going to get an injunction. and But we had to have people, I don't think we've ever said this publicly, actually, who were viewing the situation all the time during this period. So that if we had to go to court, we were prepared to do that. Next time on Kraftwerk. I had told my sweet wife that what we're going to pay and the first thing she said, you know, it's the summer house in my name.